And sing along if you know the words. I got the Rona blues. I got the Rona blues. They told me I'm essential, so I had to go to work. But every time I coughed or sneezed, I felt like a jerk. They gave me dirty looks and tell me to, to go home. I said, I can't. I'm essential. Don't you know? And I got home, my wife and kid, they surely were not amused. Stay outside, you're quarantined, and don't take off your shoes. I got the Rona blues. Now there's a fancy second verse coming up. I got the Rona blues as we move through this whole pandemic. Ready? This week at work, the dirty looks, they seem to subside. Lots of people stayed at home, afraid to go outside. The parking lot's half full, and my office is too. If I had to guess, I'd say they got the Rona blues. That's okay, I tell my friends, we got this, you and me. Then I realize I'm stuck at home with just my family. I got the Rona blues. I got the Rona blues. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little song at the beginning of this. That song was taken from a recent live stream. It's a song. It's a work in progress. It's not really a Yankee Militia song. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Yankee Militia, that is my band. I am Rich Wilson. I should start with that, I suppose. Yankee Militia is my band. I have a couple of albums out. I like to play guitar and do some music, but I also have a website, deathbybungie.com. I also have a podcast that you're listening to, Talking with Bungie, and all of that stems from Death by Bungie, my YouTube channel. You should check that out, Death by Bungie, B-U-N-J-I-E, if there, by some odd chance you have not seen it yet. It's a lot of fun. If you're into crossbows, that's the place to be, if you ask me. I just love that stuff. But anyway, it is Easter Sunday, happy Easter, April 12, 2020. And the reason I'm giving you the date is because I want, this is sort of a timely topic, and I want you to know if you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this, when it was recorded, because it's going to have some statistics in it that are going to change, but I'm going to give you my thoughts on it. You need to know those statistics and where we are right now. Why? Because I'm talking to you about the coronavirus. Now, that song at the beginning, that was not intended to make light of the coronavirus. I firmly believe it is a serious, serious topic. That song was just intended to boost morale. It's just intended to make people feel a little bit better, a little bit happier during this crazy and unprecedented time. This is the kind of time where people, they start to lose contact with their friends and family because of the stay-at-home orders. You start to get a little bit nervous because people are getting sick. You might even know people who are sick. You might know people who have died from this. And I want to reassure you that at some point, we're going to get to the other end of this, the other side of this. We'll get through it. We're all in this together. That is the reason that I did those little songs. Looking back, I first heard of the coronavirus, COVID-19, in January. Uh, we started hearing about it in news reports. Nobody really thought much of it. At least I didn't. By February, I wasn't thinking much of it. 
by the end of February, we started to think more about it because we heard more about it and they started talking about it at work. And then in March, we had to make some serious decisions all of a sudden to put people out of work, for people to stay home, either work at home or take a temporary furlough, get laid off. The world changed very quickly. Just to give you some figures about that, some specifics, it was on December 31st, the end of 2019, pretty much 2020, right? Beginning of the year, China reported that they had a whole bunch of problems with the people getting sick on this. Whether they sat on that information or not, I don't know, but that will come to light down the road. I'm sure that is going to be the subject of inquiry down the road. By January 20th, we had our first case in the United States, came from China to the United States, diagnosed. And by January 30th, there were 10,000 people worldwide. It went from zero to 10,000 pretty fast, didn't it? Now, currently, here we are on April 12th, 1.8 million people worldwide infected with this disease, with this virus. 110,000 deaths worldwide already. We've gone from 10,000 worldwide just having the virus, January 30th. And then two and a half months later, we've gone to 1.8 million people having the virus with 110,000 dead. Pretty big change. The United States alone, 533,000 people infected as of today, 20,000 deaths, over 20,000 deaths already in the United States after two and a half months. That's all. Two and a half months later, 20,000 people. Now, I got some comments on one of my YouTube videos because I've been trying to, not just with these songs, but with additional YouTube videos. When I go out and scout, I've been uploading the videos. <laughs> My plan originally, going back to January when I started doing my scouting videos, I'm going to hunt on state game lands this year. I'm going to carry Bungie, the crossbow, on state game lands and try to take a deer on state game lands. That's my goal. To do that, I've been putting in a lot of hours scouting every weekend, both Saturday and Sunday. Typically, I'm out there. Now, today's Easter Sunday. I'm going to record some podcasts. I'm going to spend some time with my family. We're going to watch a movie together here later and enjoy our day. And that's what we're going to do because it's Easter Sunday. But generally speaking, every Saturday and Sunday, I've been out walking. And now that it's getting light a little bit later or dark a little bit later, I can get out there and maybe do some scouting on weeknights as well. That's important. That is very important if you want to be successful on state game lands. I've been releasing additional vlogs, however, just for entertainment purposes, not necessarily just releasing information about what I've learned as I've scouted, trying to help people who are in a similar situation. But I've been really just releasing extra stuff so that you have something to do, something to watch, a little bit extra entertainment, a little bit more uplifting entertainment. I try to make the vlogs as funny as possible. Not my typical standard fare, maybe a little funnier, a little extra, just because you might be staying at home, you might be looking for something to remind you that the outdoors is out there, that the world is out there, and it will be there when this goes away. But I got a comment from somebody on one of those vlogs saying that COVID-19 is a joke. It's just the flu, that sort of thing. Now, I want to give you some perspective here 
I'm one of those people, I'm very skeptical of the government. I don't think anybody's more skeptical of the government than Rich Wilson, but I try to put it in perspective. It's a learning experience for everybody, and I'm going to repeat this, that we're all in this together. This virus is not the flu. It's different. It is novel for a reason, right? Novel's in the name. It's the novel coronavirus. That means it's different. It ain't like the other ones. In the last year or so, 38 million people worldwide have suffered from the flu. And there have been 23,000 deaths. I think the comment even threw that out there. The, hey, 20,000 to 50,000 people die every year from the flu anyway. That's true. That is true. But there's been 38 million people infected with the flu and only 23,000 deaths. I could do the math, but that's not nearly as significant as the coronavirus with 1.8 million people infected and 110,000 dead. This is much deadlier, much deadlier. It's also much more contagious. It is highly infectious, highly contagious. When you look at something that went from zero to 60 pretty fast, didn't it? It went from zero in December 31st, we get our first case, to three and a half months later, overall, we've got 1.8 million people infected and 110,000 dead. That's pretty bad. That went really fast. I mean, by the middle of March, just thinking back off the top of my head, this thing was on every continent. It was all over the place. This is the real deal. This is novel. This is not the flu. Again, we're all in this together. I understand that there is a lot of resistance. When I start hearing the government tell me to stay home, I get a little irritated. I get a little suspicious. What's going on here? I'm totally bent that way. And my knee-jerk reaction is, you can't tell me to stay home. But again, I want to reinforce here, I don't care if it's the law or not. It just makes sense. Originally, we were told that maybe as many as 2.2 million Americans could die from this. 2.2 million. We are holding steady in the United States with 20,000 right now. It's going to increase. But there is talk now here on April 12th where we may not even hit the 100,000 death threshold. If 100,000 people die from this flu, you understand that alone tells you it's not the regular flu because it's 100,000 people dying from one type of flu, as opposed to all the other flus that go around every year. The flu kills 23,000 worldwide. This one is going to kill close to 100,000 people probably by the time it's done. But if we go to 100,000 or 200,000 from 2.2 million, that is a huge accomplishment. We can talk about whether forcing people to stay at home is the right way to do it. What I would prefer is society reinforce with people and persuade people that that is the appropriate response. There is no question that stay-at-home orders have choked this virus out. There's no question about that. There's no question that it has reduced it. We've gone from worrying about 2.2 million to maybe 200,000. That's huge. That's a big difference. Staying at home has done that. Does it require that we be forced to stay at home? That's a conversation we can have for next time. Absolutely. Wearing masks. I thought when I used to see people in Asia 
wearing masks, I used to kind of make fun of them in my own head. Look at those people worried about the bird flu, worried about the avian flu or whatever. But here I am wearing a mask at the grocery store. Why? Because we're all in this together. And I firmly believe that me wearing a mask at the grocery store, that may not stop me from getting something from you on my hands, off my shopping cart that I have washed down with my Clorox wipes, my Clorox bleach wipes, right? It may not prevent me from getting the virus on my hands and eventually infecting myself down the road. But what it does do, if I am infected, all of my breath out of my nose and my mouth gets caught in that mask, and I am reducing the chance of infecting you. I think society needs to move in the direction of reminding people that we're all in this together. You need to wear a mask at the supermarket to make sure that you are not infecting me. It is a courtesy. That's all it is. It's the same thing, the same courtesy that I extend to you when I wear a mask. I know there's a lot of confusion. Originally, when this thing started, there was some talk about how masks don't keep you from getting it. That's true. If you get it on your hand and you touch your face later on, you're probably going to get it. It doesn't matter whether you had a mask on it at some point or not. But the mask is important, I think, because it prevents overall, it will reduce overall exposure. Just like staying at home will. There's no question that that has really helped choke out this virus and slow its spread. Here on April 12th, we might be peaking right about now. We might look back a week from now and say, hey, Easter, Easter was when it turned and started going the other way. Now, the fact that it's Easter, this is an also an important part of the podcast, an important opportunity for me to discuss other comments and questions that I've gotten on Facebook and that I've gotten on YouTube. A lot of people have criticized the overreach, criticized the way the governments have handled this virus and their response. Has there been governmental overreach? Sure there has. Absolutely. I am particularly concerned when I see churches and their parking lots shut down where they are not allowed to go out there and practice their religious freedom. There's some reports of local governments actually threatening to arrest or fine parishioners who are sitting in a parking lot with their windows rolled up listening to a radio trying to appreciate and exercise their religion in a very safe and responsible manner, sitting there listening to it over their car radios. That's awful. But understand, we're all in this together, and this is not something that we've dealt with before. It's novel. It's different. This is highly infectious. This is much deadlier than other problems we've dealt with. People are bound to overreact in those situations. That's for sure. I think it matters more about how we handle this next time. I think pushing toward persuasion is appropriate. There's no doubt that these folks sitting in the cars are better off than they would be if they went inside the church and sat in pews next to each other. They recognize that. They took the appropriate steps to continue to enjoy their lives continue to practice their religions, but do so in a safer manner. And again, it's not just safer for you. It's not just safer for the individual person. It's safer for the other people around them as well. And that's what's important is keeping in mind that we're all in this together and other people, you don't want to infect other people. 
I'm not so much worried about whether I get it. I think we need to also worry just as much, if not more, about whether we would transmit it to somebody else. When governments overreact and threaten to fine people or incarcerate people even, when they've taken appropriate measures, that's wrong. Now, the Department of Justice today has stepped in and said, look, that's not acceptable. And I think down the road, you are going to see a lot of inquiries focused around that. And I also think we're going to see a lot of policies going forward that will change things, but it will make it much more seamless next time. If this happens again, and it probably will, the world is becoming a smaller place. These viruses used to be contained because people didn't travel as much. Travel is a necessary and legitimate part of modern life. It's just how it is. We have to work around these things, and we will. I am confident that the Department of Justice, lawsuits, other legal mechanisms will correct this for next time. Confident about that. Look how much technology has helped. You don't really need the government either to make all of these changes. Churches get together by Zoom, that new app that nobody knew anything about a month ago, but everybody has on their phone today, right? <laughs> and I'm even thinking about doing some Zoom for Death by Bungie. Zoom has helped us keep our churches active. Facebook keeps those churches active. Live streams, just like the Death by Bungie live streams, keep churches active. They keep us having that sense of community, having the ability to talk to our shut-in mothers, grandmothers, folks who don't have access, can't don't have somebody else to sit in their home to listen to. But I've had my daughter talking on the phone to my mother. She doesn't have a smartphone, doesn't have internet access, but she talks to her every day. I told my daughter, you will talk to your grandmother for 15 minutes every day. She talks to both of her grandmothers. Speak to those grandmothers. And she does it every day. Even the ability to sit in a parking lot and listen to a church sermon, that's technology helping us through this. We don't necessarily need governments to fix all of this problem. We can use persuasion next time. We can use technology. And Look at the end result. It's worked out pretty good. So next time, I hope people are more likely to wear masks. I know I was resistant to the concept, but I owe it to my coworkers to wear a mask so that I'm not breathing on their space at work and so that in the supermarket when I'm shopping, I am not infecting my neighbors if I happen to be infected. Very important to wear a mask. I think people will be more open to that next time if this happens again. I think we'll have better policies in place for work so that we can work from home, we can work online. I think grocery stores are going to have policies in place to limit people going through the stores, to limit the amount of toilet paper that they buy. I don't know what all these folks are doing with all the toilet paper that they've hoarded, but uh, you need a spare bedroom for some of it, apparently, for the amounts that people have bought. But I think that will affect shopping in the future as well. I want to close this podcast by thanking you. If you are one of the many millions of Americans who, just like me, took the stay-at-home order seriously, took the self-quarantining recommendations seriously, and to the best of your ability, participated in this strategy, in this social distancing and self-quarantine stay-at-home strategy, I want to thank you sincerely from Death by Bungie I want to thank you for participating in that because you, just like me and my family, we are the millions of Americans who can take credit for helping stomp this virus out, for choking it right out and taking it from 2.2 million dead Americans to hopefully, fingers crossed, less than 200,000. 
If you're in that category, I thank you very much. If you're not, well, you're kind of a jerk. Let me just say that. And I hope that you will reconsider next time. Until next time, all hail Bungie. Ha, 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 ha.